0: welcoming you all to something that we have never actually done on the source service podcast it's a new feature. And I thank my guest today, David Bess, very much for having agreed to do this question and answer session. Hello, David. Good to have you back here.
1: Yeah. Hi, Rudolf. Good to be back. I'm looking forward to this. And uh, yeah,
0: no, it was interesting because after the interview that you did for me a few weeks ago, uh, many people wrote to you and to me with their very specific questions. So I find that very interesting because um, not often that much feedback is created. And I think we must have done something right that day when I we recorded that. Agree, yeah. <laughs> so so we decided together and thank you for agreeing to do this, David, Um that we should maybe pick the most important and most interesting questions out of the bunch and um, that you would agree to answer those questions publicly here in this sure. recording and sure. uh, so everyone will be able to get those answers and have a kind of follow-up on on the first interview
1: yeah i'm trying to uh, answer as much as i can so uh, uh, let's see how this goes
0: I, and well. i'm sure i'm sure you will you will be doing very well and um, the the questions that we had we received mainly went into three main topics and themes. And we kind of agreed together that we put them together in those three mm-hmm. topics, which we do one after the other. So the first is about cosmic gnosis, your, your personal, I would say cosmology and system that you are working on, and its relation to Satanism or not, or whatever, we come into that a bit. That's the, that's basically the first topic. The second topic that really created a lot of questions was when you mentioned that you were writing a new book on Adonism, mm-hmm. which is Visibly something that people are highly interested in, not only in the book, of course, in the book, but not only also in the, in animism as such as well. Mm-hmm. And the third and not surprising to me is that, of course, your voodoo and, uh, Afrocentric gnosis background that you were talking about also from earlier times and not so earlier times and yeah. um, has also created a number of questions. Um, shall we go in the order? I, I gave you the topic sure, or do sure, you prefer? Sure. Absolutely. No, 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 no. You, okay. you just shoot and I just, uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll, I'll suggest we, we start with cosmic gnosis, Then we do the voodoo questions and at the end, the adonism, because that's the future for your book. Maybe that's the best order. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Good. So, well. Let me forward those questions. Now, the first questions, um, the first question that we received about Cosmic Gnosis, uh, it says, how does this cosmology that you discussed in the recent interview, Cosmic Gnosis, though, influence how you live your life, how you are present in your daily life? How does that influence your, yes, your daily life?
1: Well, um, it actually influences every minute of my daily life because, uh um, The cosmic gnosis, um, I will not go into the exact uh, specifics of it Uh, that should be, um, you know, left to people um, by listening to the uh, previous interview. But um, it's um, to me, the cosmic gnosis uh, gives me um, a daily reminder of uh, how important it is to live in the presence To live in the now, not to try to always live in a linear um, time frame where uh, basically we uh, set artificial goals for the future and uh, then um, are manic in pursuing those goals and trying to achieve them. Um, And uh, so we never actually um, enjoy the place that we are at at the moment, but constantly are already envisaging uh, some type of a future achievement or uh, whatever it is that we are looking forward to. And um, if it then doesn't really um, is achieved as we have already projected it in our imagination, um, we have a bad time, we have bad uh, moments and experiences. And even as soon as we have reached the goal, we already set new ones. So this is the typical thing I try to avoid. So the cosmic gnosis allows me, um, because of its specific specific uh, cosmology and its specific teachings of uh, s- circular time and so forth, um, allows me to um, live much more in the presence, uh, try to enjoy the moment uh, as is. Um, and everything uh, uh, that this gnosis teaches basically points um, to the discovery of where we're at at a given moment.
0: So not the past either. So it's not the future, not the past, but really the present, right?
1: The present. And however, the present is influenced by the past rather than um, the present and the future being one item that belongs together Um, in in the in the in the circular time um, that I experience or that I work on is basically um, uh, it's basically you could say it's basically um, an esoteric uh, life philosophy where um, basically. you know, and this comes in, this disconnects with ancestral worship and so forth, um, past experiences. And, uh, in, in, and if the time is running in a circular fashion, um, the present moment is always influenced um, by the past, um, but not so much by linear past as that it could also bridge, you know, vast gulfs of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the past, however, always invigorates and empowers the present moment. So um, the... Uh, the pillars of my life is uh, the past and the present and how the present is influenced and empowered by the
0: past. Right. Great. Well, thank you. Um, now, I find that question very interesting. Essentially, if, if David today had to teach David 20 years ago, um, which road of actual practice would you take the young man on?
1: Well, I wish twenty years ago I would have a David to actually um, take me by the hand a little, uh, a little more. Well, um, I think um, what I would prescribe is um, a very unfortunately, I believe that we live in a world where um, the type of experience, the type of life experience, um, uh, where life is at the center of experience rather than some type of idealist goal. Um, this is very, very hard to achieve in the life uh, and the environment and the world we live in. So. Mm-hmm. To break through this kind of Gnostic barrier, this type of adversarial barrier, um, um, I would would actually teach, if he would be an initiate, I would actually say there are two things which are important uh, to to do. First of all, um, establish what I call the sacred space between um, a spiritual teacher and a student. So if I was the student or if I was the David teaching a 20 year younger David, I would say, like, David, listen, we're going to um, this is what I this is the idea of the teacher and student. And this is the sacred space one creates where basically the student is able to participate in um, uh, the nonlinear experience of the teacher and um so gradually and slowly is raised um uh, through the teachers um activity and status or station spiritual station as the sufis would say um is slowly raised into that experience and at the same time i would um slowly um uh, prescribe a closer life together with nature like um, observe the seasons try to live um, uh, uh, according to um, what life teaches us every day go outside but do not li- do not see nature as a commodity do not experience um, the natural world as something that provides let's say, a basis for our life like we have to keep nature clean and healthy because it provides crops and you know not polluted because it um you know uh, allows the species to live further but um tr- so don't try to see it as a commodity and it's good to be nice to nature and regardless but um do not be nice and and, and kind and, and and caring for nature just because it is provides the basis of our um, anthropocentric existence but um uh uh try to experience nature um on its own terms, um, try to see the demonic powers which reside in nature, in the trees, in the, in the rivers, in the landscapes. These things have a, a, an enthusing power, which if we allow it to impact on us, um, come to bloom because we receive them in our soul and at the same time they empower us and give us a very different perspective on life and of the place that we actually live in it allows us to bond in a very intimate way uh, with the here and now and the place we live at so this is these are the two pillars which i would probably prescribe to someone um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big, the past. Uh,
0: i might add now my personal question just to that because i think it fits to what you just said um, Given the actual situation that big parts of, of, of the world are going through at the moment with this uh, being having to stay at home, having to stay basically with the people you are normally surrounded by and etc, etc. Even going out into nature is to a certain extent limited and um, uh, does Cosmic Gnosis and your lifestyle, is, is that giving you certain recipes or help in coping with that situation?
1: Absolutely, I mean, it, uh, I think it actually ties into what we just said as well, because now yeah. people are um, literally confined to their homes. You know, all the, so now they're living uh, uh, for the first time. A lot of Westerners now live in a in a situation where they do not know what the next month will bring. Will mm-hmm. the stores open again? Will my uh, job? Uh, it, it will be. It will be much? Is, is it safe? Uh, Can I go to work again? Um, Are all my plans that I made for the holidays, are they going to come to pass? And, you know, these are not even essential questions. But Mm. um, for the first time in, uh, I think, uh, the last two generations at least, um, uh, uh, people are confronted with, um, an, an uncertain future. So their are their linear, a logocentric type of uh, planning and uh, life according to goals that you set, uh, uh, for the future is totally disrupted. And that's why you can see a rise of anxiety, nervousness, stress. Um, you know, you would think like, Oh, people, a lot of people are happy that they're just sit at home, watch TV and have a good time because they don't have to work. You know, you could think they're actually going to be excited about it, but the opposite mm-hmm. is the case there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if somebody would tell them, sit at home for four weeks or five weeks and then everything is going to happen again and they have a clear vision and picture of what's going to happen, everything will be fine. They could enjoy, exactly. They could enjoy, but this uncertainty is making them Mm. insane. So um, the Cosmic Gnostic uh, who actually lives in the moment um, actually sees that his uh, worldview is basically confirmed in the craziness and anxiety that most people who do not understand this type of cyclical um, experience um, uh, provides. So, Um, Yeah, it actually helps me to um, center myself to, um, you know, um, deal with things that are essential. Um, And since I have never really prescribed for the last 20 years um, into a life of uh, artificial goal making, um, I can try to perfect the moment I have.
0: Yes. No, I understand. Absolutely. Uh, uh, That's what that was also incited my question, what you just said before, and visibly we go in the same path there. Right. Now, I have several questions here regarding gnosis and Satanism and relation to black magic, etc. So let me put the first word. You have the reputation in many places of being a very dangerous magician in the sense that your work navigates some of the darkest areas and yields special magical powers. Are you a black magician and can your work be considered left hand path?
1: Well, you know, um, Well, as you see, um, I'm a very nice guy. So first of all, (laughs) (laughs) um, no, I I find such uh, categorizations—I mean, um, they are um, literally—I find them intellectually a little bit, um, yeah, annoying. You could say because, um, of course, people need this. People need uh, little um, drawers in which they can fit people and systems Mm -hmm. and so forth. But um, well, I would say um, the black magician depends on how you uh, depends on the position you're at looking at my work. If you. Consider my work heretical to your work. Probably, I'm a black magician because uh, you know um, my work is strictly non-transcendental. It is strictly directed against any type of uh, transcendental um, superiority or the superiority of the spirit. Um, my uh, work is strictly. Um, based on the uh, uh, concept of life as the dominant and most important uh, factor of my uh, uh, spiritual work life and so and connected to the soul rather than transcendentalism and spirit Mm -hmm. so um, from a transcendentalist position and anyone working in a transcendentalist um, paradigm which basically is 99% of everyone I know they would probably say I'm a black magician because you know um, I uh, probably act from the abyss rather than uh, attempt to cross it or something like mm-hmm. this. And an also, mm-hmm. also I would try to probably dismantle um, they are um uh, logocentric uh, structures, so um in that sense, you could call me a black magician, but um uh, certainly not a black magician um because I would um consider to do evil deeds um which another which leads me to another point where um what is evil uh, what is morally right or wrong, this also completely depends on the time and the paradigm That's, you know what yeah. is what is good for some is evil to another basically
0: right right so I and do not. The definition also, in time also is very different. Changing of all the, it exactly, yeah. So
1: I, I completely also do not subscribe to such kind of concepts. So basically, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a black magician to those who consider my work heretical to theirs, and um, you know, um, probably partaking in the adversarial um, activity. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Satan.
0: Yeah. Was there a question about Satanism as well in there? Well, it's coming now. Yes, maybe oh, I yeah. should I go for that right away okay, well. because but, I
1: just heard Satan somewhere.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe in my mind. You read? Oh yeah.
1: Uh, okay, you have uh,
0: <laughs> Is your work related to Satanism, and if yes, in what way?
1: Ah right. So I guess, um, you know, uh, every black magician would then be considered a Satanist uh, in many places. Um, Oh, you tell okay. It's left hand path. That was the other thing. Let me just yes, answer that. Quickly. that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Sure, okay. Okay. Sure. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, left hand path. So, um, left- w- again, again, there's so many definitions of left hand path. I also try to avoid such uh, categorizations. Um, what is it? Mm-hmm. Left hand path in the, tra- in the tantric sense that uh, works with, uh, I don't know, sexual, uh, emissions and, 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 and fluids or left hand path in the Western, um, a concept where it's more like an isolation, um, yeah. uh, of the identity or of the spirit um, versus some kind of merging. Uh, well, I guess, um, I, I could be considered left-hand path in the sense that, uh, an erotonosis is very central to my work, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't necessarily need to be in a, ten- in a specifically Indian tantric, um, uh, okay. way, but there's a specific way we, um, employ an erotognostic ecstatic type of gnosis. However, there's also an isolation, but our isolation is just the contrary of isolating um, the independent um, uh, ego-eye in in trying to um, enjoy life in that sense, that you would isolate your spirit or your ego and um, use the world and life as a type of a playground, assuming um, it's just uh, everything uh, basically a mental world in which matter is just um, its dense projection. So um, what I consider the isolation is basically we need to isolate the soul from the spirit. So if we can isolate what I call the demonic um center, the demonic eye or the, the black hole um, from the influence of the spirit, this is an isolation of a cosmic type um, in right. which the spirit is discarded or suppressed or basically enslaved. That's how I uh, term it in our noses. Mm-hmm. It's an enslavement of the spirit in favor or uh, in service of the soul. Once this isolation happens, um, uh, well, I guess that would be left hand path. And also, I do not subscribe. Another thing is um, some of the Western um, left-hand path people take this idea of the Indian – some Indian sects where yeah. – um,
0: uh, the like uh, the left Ali hand. Yuga, you mean, and then. And
1: no, yeah, also, but uh, where um, basically the the left hand path would be step, uh, stopping one step short of complete merging um, with uh, the supreme godhead, where you can basically ah, yes. experience the shiva and shakti mating. So basically, mm-hmm. the supreme bliss, the experience of the supreme, uh, the supreme bliss yeah. would be, um, I guess, in some way, left hand path. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, hour, however, of course, it's it's also not really applicable to uh, applicable to us because um, we are not on that. Trans- transcendental path yeah it's almost and, the
0: contrary i would say exactly yes exactly yeah, yeah, so it's basically yeah, yeah. a
1: descent a cutabasis into the soul and into the experience of life and the isolation of the demonic um, fleeting principle so i believe if you isolate who you truly are as a demonic event rather than a static being so this is important um, mm-hmm. i believe that we are basically a demonic event rather than any type of static entity So Mm -hmm. once we uh, manage to isolate this from the uh, 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 influence of the spirit, which tries to um, fixate who we are, um, we um, have uh, taken a great step towards uh, realization of the cosmognosis. And in that sense, I would be left hand path if that kind of isolation would qualify. Otherwise...
0: Yeah, Such but vocabulary. again, we meet the problem here. You just said it's a question of definition, good and yes. evil, but also right hand left hand path is a question of definition exactly. and 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 your own story that, that exactly. that's certainly exactly. also true here. What about, about Satanism now? Is your work related to Satanism? And if so, in what way?
1: Again, well, um, it could be in some ways, I guess, regarded Satanic in the sense that um my work and um the uh, entities that i work with also in the cosmic gnosis of course um there is even if ultimately we do not subscribe to a pantheon because there are a milliard demonic powers, enthusing powers, the atmospheres of the world, which are in, interacting with us. But however, some are more pressing and important to us than others. You could say, for example, for a coastal, um, people, um, uh, I would say of course that, uh, o- oceanic, uh, spirits or oceanic forces would be much more, um, important to them than let's say, um, spirits in the desert because they don't live in the yeah. desert. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. um, So there is a certain, um, uh, let's call it pantheonic um, idea that one can structure out of the forces one works with. However, in general, yes, um, our work is as it is a Gnostic work, which has an adversary and um, a ruling power. So we are a cosmic, although we call the cosmic Gnosis, we are a cosmic in the sense that we reject the cosmic order. Mm -hmm. The cosmic order, the way we experience the world is ruled by a transcendentalist um overlord the spirit or um uh, some kind of veneer that's put over the world we experience the world through a transcendental and um uh, rational f- uh, facility mm-hmm. so um the adversarial power um that tries to crush this is the power that we work with so um if this type of adversarial power um I guess it would be considered satanic by um also the of course Abrahamic religions which are some of the most um, yeah fundamental uh, mm. expressions of the powers of transcendentalism in the spirit so these yeah. people would certainly consider um the uh, powers that we work with uh, demonic um satanic so from that uh, perspective definitely it would be satanic. And this will also tie in with the Ardenism because that uh, there is that same question um, because they were accused of being satanic, but Mm -hmm. I'm not satanic in the sense that I do not operate within a Christian framework. Uh, uh, I do not live within a transcendental Christian um, world or Abrahamic world, or neither in a transcendental world per se, where, um, uh, my Satan would be basically subject to God as its adversarial, um, you know, twin because in in such a scenario Satan has really no redemptive powers at all Satan in a Christian sense is always of course dependent on God and it's ex- actually created by him
0: basically by him. right exactly exactly but is, is, is Ariman not the real uh, Satan that you describe here Ariman in uh, the I mean yeah. Rudolf Steiner described him yes. very clearly and it's I think its, it's origins are in the sorry well in,
1: in, in Aronism uh, which uh, which we will talk about um, Ariman is actually considered um, the good the good God. Um, mm-hmm. that has been um, of course um, vilified Beated. yeah exactly and um, so of course there's a reversal of those um, yeah. paradigms yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so so my satanism is basically a clash of paradigms it's my Satanism is essentially i work in a in a animist slash polytheistic uh, let's call, but i call it pandemonic because um you know it gives more uh, identity to each and individual force yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. my it's a clashing of systems so my power is uh, or my my adversarial power is is seen by you know within a Christian sense because they claim totality of knowledge as um, the Satan within their system,
0: right? You know, since, right. since of
1: course Christianity took a lot of demonic forces from um, mm-hmm. polytheism into their system and of course designed them as little demons and so forth. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, well, you again read a bit my mind or the mind of our listeners, basically, because the next question and the last regarding this first chapter is: Can you quickly elaborate a bit on the term pandemonic? So you just started that. Maybe you can do that a bit more. And do you also work mm-hmm. with the pantheon? That's that's the second part oh, of yes. the same question.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, we already kind of um, yeah went into this a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. uh, pandemonic. I try to use the word pandemonic because I I try to avoid a strict hierarchy. I try to avoid the suggestion that um, life, um, the powers of life have created in themselves a certain hierarchy of spirit. This is a very, um, of course, transcendental, logocentric type of thing. You need to um, structure um, the world in regards to hierarchies. Um, I believe, however, they are just forces, forces of um, a different impact and import. Uh, depending on w- where you are and uh, what position you have the question is what is stronger or was what is more important is there like the the the, the, the empowering demonic force of a sun uh, uh, drought or of a rainstorm or of a landscape or of a tree or of a forest um, so the the question is um, I believe just in different myard atmospheres, aura, erratic, uh, nimbus, whatever you want to call it, um, mm-hmm. that have the ability to impact on um, the uh, human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, however, we may find certain um, powers more uh, important in our lives, depending on where we live, um, where we are at our life, um, what we need. And in this case, we can um, construct certain hierarchies depending on our needs. This means if I would move to Haiti or if I would move to Africa or if I would move to, I don't know, Canada, um, probably my uh, pantheon or my hierarchy um, of powers would change because suddenly some would fall away because, I don't know. Those, um, spirits don't exist in some certain place, um, and some others would become very dominant. Let's say mountain range or something is mm. very dominant mm. here, um, mm-hmm. the, the power, the, 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 the demon of a mountain. Uh, but if I live in the desert or, or something or in the, the, the plains, um, there is no mountain. Something else yeah. would, uh, take its place, uh, some, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, so there there could so there is a uh, uh, there's a the hierarchy, and we can also have a pantheon in some ways, but um, it's something that's not fixed. It's not some. It's, there are no gods which are powerful than others.
0: Uh, in, so it would essence, not so much depend on sense. the on the on the person, but also or even more on the on say on the area on the geographical historical surrounding that you that you're it, in, right?
1: Exactly. It it mm. exactly right. It um, mm. it really will depend on um, how empowering um that a uh, landscape or um the area the environment is in which you live and how mm-hmm. much you're able to connect to it in that um demonic sense yeah um this is how it would be for me um yeah yeah,
0: yeah uh, i see mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: so pa- and and pandemonic I, tr- I try to use that because um it just kind of gives the idea that um what we are confronted with in regards to um spirits or powers is basically um um, an unoverlookable uh, type of um, number of uh, forces which we can connect with, and that we shouldn't give some kind of ontological priority um, to some of them in a in a in a um, in a lasting w- in a lasting way. But we should leave every numinous power in its own self. We uh, we should allow them to unfold in their own right without um, hierarchically um, squeezing them in a corset and relate them to others. Because mm-hmm. that's just not they are in sympathy with, with each other because the world is based on sympathetic relationships, whether sympathetic doesn't mean nice, but sympathetic, yeah, yeah, sure. doesn't, you sympathetic know, um, exactly in,
0: yeah yeah yeah, and, and this is yeah. the relation,
1: and the, the relation is not hierarchical.
0: In that yes. um, logocentric yes. way. Yeah, absolutely. Unoverlooking, I like that word. Yeah, <laughs> that's my Germanized uh, version of an English term that may or may not exist. Well, you know. that's why I understood it so well, because <laughs> oh, yeah, <exactly. laughs> same background. Um, right, great. Well, thank you. Let's move to the second um, set of questions then, because I think the link is quite good here. Let's talk about voodoo and Afrocentric gnosis a bit, because mm-hmm. I think what you just said is a good, a good transition to that. Um, You are a priest of Haitian voodoo. Do you offer spiritual services to the public?
1: Well, right now I'm very private with all of this. Um, You know, um, I do actually work... if people find their way to me, I do um, sometimes accept uh, clients, let's call it. Um, but usually, it's just by referral or something like. by right now, I'm not. Um, uh, I'm not advertising my um, uh, services as a. a like right. A, as, as, but, as
0: a, as a uh, I guess the person who asked that question was personally interested. So, if something came up to you yes. uh, with that question, would you yes. accept that person? It,
1: it, it would depend on the circumstances, but I would listen to it, and then uh, depending on whether I think um, it's it, we could come together in that sense, mm. I would I would probably um, be willing to do something, um, right. and uh, yeah. So okay. it depends, Yeah. Mm-hmm. But right now, like maybe in the future, I will offer some services. We we'll, we'll never know. But at this point, it's not—it's nothing official. It's not priority, priority. It's not a priority yeah, for me at all, right. and it's not something that right. I officially advertise yeah. myself as
0: doing. Yes, yeah. yes. Apart from your Haitian initiations, which other African or Afrocentric transmissions did you receive?
1: Well, I received um, uh, quite a, like a couple, um, but the most important ones um, are, uh, I received uh, uh, initiation of, let's call it an Angola Congo type. You know, I was born Mm -hmm. in Angola and um, so I have uh, strong links to this area um, and um, I've, uh, over the years, over, uh, not, not even, not so much, of course, only since my childhood, but in in recent years when I was interested in spiritual work and so on, of course, I have uh, re, uh, enforced these um, links, uh, also of course, and because of my, my, my heritage in the sense yeah. um, to that area, and then I've received some very important um, uh, 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 transmissions from that area um, that have to do with uh, um, I would call it the, the Kalunga gnosis. Uh, Kalunga mm-hmm. is is uh, is a. Is a well, is a spiritual force which um, uh, is very prominent in certain areas of Angola and even Congo. And um, you find the, the, the you find the term in Brazil, you find the term in in, in Palo in other places in in the, in the spirituality of Palo in other places, but it's used a little bit differently. Um, in in that sense in which I have been initiated into it, but this sense of Kalunga or this Angolan kind of gnosis has a direct effect on the setup of um, the secret society that I work with. So. Um, the is one thing then I have um, a very strong uh, links to certain um, transmissions from Nigeria you know, they call it Juju Is not really IFA uh, IFA is a more orthodox classical uh, work with the Orishas and so forth but Juju is a more magical type mm-hmm. of uh, well you know you could call it a type of folk um, magical folk uh, mm-hmm. religion which however is tied in with the, the predominant um, religious expression uh, um, traditional witchcraft type would, something but, like this yeah. you could mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. but witchcraft mm-hmm. in Africa is a very different story. To which, yeah, sure, sure. Which, comes course, in Africa yes. is always usually regarded as something extremely negative. Yeah, um, and yeah. Uh, it's ex- it's actually it's negative because it's so antisocial, and uh, yeah. it's very important to understand that in African spirituality, the individual um, only is a true individual in that sense if he's tied in with the community. So, yeah, sure,
0: um, it's sure. very
1: different from the Western. It's sense.
0: Very opposite to the Western magical absolutely. experience. Very, yes, very, absolutely,
1: very, very, very different. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's 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 however it's a very it's a very a magical um, type of folk tradition, you could say, um, which also is important to me. And then I have uh, lived in Brazil for many years. And um, Mm. uh, that is where I have received um, uh, a Kimbanda, Um, tradition which uh, transmissions um, which uh, also tie in with Angola so um, this is something that is also important to me but it's not so influential on the uh, work I do in a secret society Um, but this is a a, a private pursuit
0: um, that I have been uh, working on and and sharing and and I might remind our audience because you also said that in the beginning and it's maybe time to say it again um, that if you want to know more about that background and the history of what you just uh, told us you go back to the initial podcast the initial interview because we speak a lot about that there that's the basis for everything we talk absolutely yes so do listen that to that podcast as well Right. Next question, then. Some of the work you are most famous for is your Voodoo Secret Society you just yeah. mentioned. Mm-hmm. It. Can you tell us more about the work you do there and which major elements come together in it? And also, does it conflict in any way with your traditional initiation or work as Hungana Sogwe? Well, that's a,
1: that's a long question. Let's let's try to see if I can uh, remember everything. I can, and re- uh, can
0: repeat the second part <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah, let's okay. see where we
1: go with this. Well, um, uh, what is special about the secret society is um, so uh, it's first of all it's based on um, uh, Haitian voodoo in the sense that it works mainly with um, Haitian voodoo elements um, with elements uh, that you um, that one could encounter in those uh, uh, local secret societies um, they have there. However, um, it uh, the special thing about it is that it actually um, uh, affirms a kind of agnostic, issue in the world. So uh, this is, of course, the influence of the cosmic gnosis. So um, the Voodoo Secret Society has a specific task it has a task and it it employs those revolutionary and wild spirits that uh, secret societies um usually work with um in the sense and i do have a link to those secret societies um that's another uh, another part so it's not just uh you know that doesn't come from the orthodox voodoo and it's um, and it's just worked into it so um uh, 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 the task of our secret so- society is um, the type of um, the wild spirits of the revolutionary spirits the the, the red hot spirits, these mm-hmm. spirits are actually employed to um, uh, combat and refute. Um, the type of spiritual um, antagonism we receive from this logocentric um, type of infectation. So um, we use these spirits to basically um, uh, create a a transformation in the individual, but also use them to guard our um, immediate uh, spiritual and corporeal vicinity against negative spiritual influences. Mm-hmm. So you know you know what I mean. So basically, um, we use them to guard um, our um, our areas we live in. So it's a very competitive type of um, of work we do there. It's yep. it's yeah it's it's basically a transformative work in which we try to battle um, the spirit who tries to rule ourselves. Um, by invading our, um, metaphysical organism. So we use those spirits and, uh, the setup of the secret society to combat this as individuals. And then we combat it in the outer world, uh, by then, of course, um, you know, directing a lot of, um, magical work against that general adversary mm-hmm. we, uh, we see in the, um, transcendental, um, God or whatever yeah. you want to call it, yeah. you know. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and so and the elements that come together, there are. So we have this Gnostic, let's call it a Western type of um, metaphysical um, explanation of the cosmos, um, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we have um, uh, the Congo Angolan influence, which gives us basically um, the uh, holistic worldview in which we operate as Vodouists um, of that secret society. So it gives us maybe, uh, maybe uh, you could say it's. Uh, Some people uh, that listen to this probably know the Congo um, uh, Cosmogram, where um, you have certain um, stations a certain level a certain levels of um, existence there is the level of the living and there is the uh, the dimension of the dead but they all interact with each other and there is a sphere which kind of allows uh, transmissions to come through and so forth so um we use congo angolan um uh, transmissions and influences as the um uh, the strong dominant um uh, cosmogram which guides us once we have broken through that uh, layer of spirit and um, then of course uh, it's basically an, a mainly haitian um, uh, spiritual transmissions which um, allow us the day-to-day operations um, you know certain loa and yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the ancestral work uh, these are all taken um, from uh, the work in in, in in Voodoo. and um, d- does my work as a Hungan, uh, would uh, in uh, conflict, it with would it? I,
0: conflict in any way with that yes. well
1: um, I would there are probably purists everywhere would say uh, in, in Haiti there's a, there's a, there's, a, there's I think a saying which says um uh, Bizango is not Gina, uh, which kind of means like, um, uh, Bizango is one of the secret societies, um, it does not um, go uh, well with um, uh, people who work with uh, the Gina, the, the righteous um, type of uh, mm-hmm. uh, spirits. But of course, this is just, um, the, the, let's sort of put it like this, the people who are more deeply involved in it. Um, Also like the late uh, Max Beauvoir, one of the great (laughs) priests of voodoo, Um, they all say that voodoo is one. The secret societies have their place, even in Haiti, you know, they they have their place to defend um, uh, people against, uh, you know, tyrants and, um, you know, uh, criminals and so forth. You know, it's more like uh, this type of society. Um, And yes, uh, it doesn't conflict at all, in my opinion, because, you know, and and other voodoo sayings would be, you know, uh, you are a hungan by day and a samphuel by night, you know, a bizango by night. Um, So um, both things work together very well. For me, um, the work I do as a hungan, basically, uh, as a traditional hungan, is basically um, the work I do. I work within the holistic framework of um, the Afrocentric spirituality. That's free of the spirit. That's free of the intrusion. Um, this is my daily work: to be at peace with the spirits, to serve them well, and to have a, a, a harmonious um, a relationship with them. The work I do in the secret society is um, directed against. Um, uh, it's, it's basically a combat type of situation mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I switch into um, night mode, you could say, yeah. in combat yeah. mode when. Um, certain things need to be done. Then these are done in the secret society, which, however, also has a place um, for people who are not traditional Buddhists, however, then to work within a framework that they not only have to be in a combat situation, um, but they can actually deal with spirits on another level. However, the spirits we have there are mainly hot and revolutionary wild spirits that address the situation.
0: But do night and day, to put it simply, right? We know yeah. what you're speaking about. Yes, do they, in that case, do they just work next to each other or do they need each other in the hermetic way, you know, do they? Yes.
1: Um, well, I believe they would definitely need each other. Um, that is why in the secret society, we do have an aspect um, which um, addresses the day the day life, mm. or the day, um, uh, you know, the, the harmonious relationship with the world. Um, because of course, these people um, also, um, so we offer them a way in which then they can put their uh, freedom to use and where they can um, actually experience their freedom in a holistic way and give them a cosmology in which they can do this, like the, 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 the Congo uh, Cosmogram, which is a little bit similar to what we use, um, is, uh, uh, an ex- is, is an example of this. Um, mm-hmm. however, so yes, I believe this is so, so I believe, right. um, so our secret society is split into, into ways. The main, uh, thing is to trans- provide provided transformative, um, uh, tools for people to combat, um, the issue, the Gnostic issues at hand, and then provide them, um, a, a, a cosmological, um, framework and stability within which then they can, um, experience and exercise their spiritual freedom let's call it like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, yeah, so for me, of course, I'm, I'm in the lucky position where I have both things. I can yeah. do
0: this in various ways. Yeah, uh, I would have thought so. Yes. Uh, well, last question to that complex. If one wants to become a member in the society or other groups associated with the Pandemonic Cosmic Current, mm-hmm. what do I need to do? What are you looking for in a member?
1: Well, we, we are a group that is very much um, interested in engaging the individual. So um, we take a lot of time and um, pay a lot of attention to the individual needs of a person. So have, we, we do not uh, in no way basically um, provide the same teachings for everyone based on paper or something like this. We have mentors who will work with people very directly and very intensely. So um However, these people also have a life, which means we do not, we wouldn't want to work with people who try things out, who jump from one thing mm. to another, who waste these people's time. Uh, most mm-hmm. of the people that work with us have very good jobs. They are, I don't know, PhDs, they're lecturers, they're university professors, whatever they are. Um, and um, so people are very busy um, and they do this all um, for the love of the gnosis. So we like people who are extremely engaged, who focused, who know why they want to be. Associated with us, and they are ready to um, put um, their butts to the work. Let's say, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and um, who do not stop or um, you know turn away when things get a little bit tough or when it gets a little bit frustrating. Um, sure. But they trust, um, you know, uh, or they 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 feel a self motivation. That's what we need. We need an inner drive, an inner kind of motivation okay. which propels them forward we're not um an animateur uh, we're not like club made where um you know you have a bunch of people um you know uh getting you to work by um i don't know um doing acrobatics
0: or something. motivation <laughs> yeah we're not Keep motivational
1: speaking. Yeah. we you know yeah. we we provide um you pr- we provide you with um, uh, some very very um systematic and important help but you need to be a person who appreciates it and who puts the same work in that we put in to assist you in your transformation that's what so right that's what we want um so yeah Yeah. people can yeah yeah, look at our at our site websites or something or 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 contact us personally um you know and then we will find out and we have a probation period as well so to see if actually things fit together or not
0: yeah sure sure well sounds very clear to me thank you yeah, well, yeah okay well now let's go to that questions to those questions about adonism and of course related to the book that you are preparing at the moment yeah. um so your next book uh, will be due soon i think and yeah, uh, the first question i have here is <clears throat> what is the message of adonism to the contemporary world is adonism still relevant and once again i would like to say if you want to know more about adonism about that book go back to your initial interview because there you will get the base for the questions that we ask here so what's the message to the contemporary world and is it adonism still relevant
1: well I think Ardenism is very relevant, especially um the way I present it because of course you know what I like about Ardenism in general is uh, it it was never very um closely defined. There was a type of cosmological model which however the um uh, the big boys of Ardenism in uh, the early twentieth century uh, Dr. Musalam and Quinsha uh, um, mm-hmm. however never really defined, especially Musallam was the first to bring it to the table and never defined it so closely that you would have no maneuvering range. So uh, Quincher already kind of like um, uh, developed it in a slightly different way. So uh, there are a lot of conflicting um, uh views between those two, Um, however,
0: groups at the same time,
1: right? Yes, exactly. The one, of Mm. course, you know, split from the other uh, after a while and so on, and they had conflicting groups, but um, they always worked on the same cosmological model. Um, And this cosmological model um, was so, I'm writing that book on Adamism, I think we talked about it last time, because um, I was involved in it in the nineties and um, Mm -hmm. actually provided one of the first um, important stepping stones to the formulation of the cosmic gnosis because it basically is in other words just that um so i think it's so relevant because it actually could provide us a model of understanding the melodies and problems we face in the modern world why uh, why is the world as um, disturbed as it is what is the struggle of the individual all these kind of questions um are addressed by um adonism in a very very um Exotic and uh, uh, actually also straightforward way, and it actually uses a Western terminology so that uh, the Westerners um, have a, a easier way to understand it, rather yeah. than going into some exotic religion, they have a, a harder time to, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, adapt to. Yeah, it. I, I, so, I agree.
0: That's a really an important part. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, so Adenism still tells us about how important it is um, to. Uh, uh, have to wake up to um, a false reality which ensnares us and um, to kind of like um, uh, uh, reconnect with a more primordial uh, state of experience, um, which is still out there for us to reach. um, But it's basically um, closed off to us because an adversarial, um, the Adonis would call a, a, a world soul which has usurped the previous world soul, which was responsible for for the um, uh, the world as we know it and um, uh, for us as being in the world, um, that this um, usurper has basically um, taken control of the world in our and our of our metaphysical experience, mm-hmm. um, and that this uh, uh, metaphysical usurper is basically no no one else but uh, the god of Abraham uh, Abrahamic religions, and. Like we said before, of all the other religions um, that existed in, a, in a, all the dualist religions, are all the Zoroastrian religions, and so forth, yeah. um, all of these um, are shadows of that. Doesn't
0: struggle that remind of that us of Ariman once again? Right. Exactly. The, uh, yeah,
1: so, yeah, so, yeah. so basically, what? Um, so yes. So basically, the the importance of Atomism today is um, it gives us a model to work with um, if we if we believe or if we experience that the world as it is. Um, seems to convey a false reality, um, uh, and that we are able to break through to another layer of experience. So um, this is this is how it is for me. So the terminology of Adenism basically, um, to me, um, re- represents or reflects um, the struggle between the spirit and the soul, between a transcendental mm-hmm. um, usurping force and the forces of life, um, which uh, are our true
0: essence. Right. Does Adenism aid in the spiritual development of its members?
1: Well, if you take Musalam um, at face value, he said it wasn't really necessary anymore when he said because he um, uh, and he and Quincher were kind of like, um, you know, back, they were not really clear about this, but sometimes they were, sometimes they, they were not. They said in the year 2000, um, the usurping uh, power would actually lose its grip. And uh, the old um, uh, ruler, Adonis, in the sense, would uh, uh, reclaim his throne, and um, so everybody would kind of um, uh, return to a kind of a blissful state of life. Um, uh, Sometimes he wasn't really clear on whether he actually um, calculated the the time frame right. Oh, Quincher wasn't, you know. So, um, so uh, however, I of course I I don't I don't buy into such models. Um, I do believe that there are ionic shifts and that there are certain types of, um, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, influences would shift a little bit toward the one or the other uh, side. Sure. Um, sure. And uh, the only thing that happened in the year two thousand is basically that I had established an Adonis lodge uh, at the end of ninety nine. So maybe that was.
0: <laughs> Shed, otherwise, but... the world is still waiting oh. for a general bliss, isn't it? Yeah, exactly
1: right. <laughs> but uh, what I what I think is that the world is able to break through easier and more directly to what Musalam would consider and uh, Klinter would consider um, the um, Adonis reality. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's possible, or the primordial reality, or whatever you want to call it. I believe it uh, has become a more. Po- it has become. More easily possible. So, um, uh, the Ardenism that I represent, or my development of Ardenism, basically, of course, addresses um, uh, the, the, the spiritual alchemical uh, transformation of uh, the individual, um, the uh, casting off of the uh, Molchos nature, which is uh, what uh, the Ardenists call the usurping power, they call it Molchos that's mm-hmm. the spirit, that's the, that's mm-hmm. the God or the other, they don't even use a name and not mm-hmm. to empower it further. Yeah. So um, the alchemical process of casting off the power of the other or is the inner goal of, uh, of the otherness. And at the same time um, to uh, dismantle it in the um, outer world as well. So yes, right. I believe the way it's uh, presented in my work definitely has a very strong um interest in the um, spiritual transformation of individual.
0: Mm -hmm. Now I have to add my own salt again into that question. Um, Would would you uh, underwrite to that, that you shouldn't name the adversary in order not to empower it?
1: I think it's actually a very interesting concept. Um, I actually like it uh, because um, uh, uh, if you believe that names have power, especially if you um, are subscribing to an Abrahamic model where the word the word became flesh, where the word is so important um, in its uh, spiritual metaphysical um, uh, setup, um, mm-hmm. I believe that the word of God, um, you know, e- like even of course Jehovah or uh, Yod He Vah and stuff mm-hmm. like this, mm-hmm. um, you know the the yeah, um, the, the 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 taboo surrounding the name and so on. I think um, naming things and 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 especially collectively um, mm-hmm. provides power to that. It cr- creates an aggregorial and energetic pool of power mm-hmm. which feeds this particular um, uh, entity. So um, I like to call it the other because it also kind of alienates it a little bit. Mm-hmm. It helps people to alienate it from their system. So in this sense. I like it, um, but there are also um, in the book probably as well, I will include some rituals or ritual I did, uh, which basically uses um, the, the Hebrew name of God um, in an, in a very, you would probably then call it black, magical, satanic way mm-hmm. um, <laughs> to dismantle its power. So, you know, the Yod-Heh-Vaheh and so on, right. you, know, right. and how, right. and you yeah, know, how it's taught yeah. in Abrahamism, how this brings yeah. the, the uttering of those... Uh, It brings the world into being and so on, and you can actually dismantle it by, you know, using uh, the words and the names and vowels
0: in a heretical fashion. Well, it's it's a basic question because you can take that from new age who only talks about the good side and not about the bad side in order to avoid the bad side which yeah. i don't subscribe to or you can even into harry potter the name of lord Voldemort is not spoken out in order not to enable him right so that's right
1: that's right
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah so basically i guess that's exactly the the the, the paradigm they have they have uh, subscribed yeah. to also, so,
0: yes. yeah exactly um I mean, I think we you answered partly that third question already, but uh, maybe you do it a little more and in a more uh, um, uh, systematic way. which are some of the major teachings of Adonism?
1: well um, the, the, what I find most interesting the major teach- some of the major teachings of of Adonism is basically um, a type of um, cyclical and also aonic uh, cosmology, like the world basically didn't come into being by command the world was born from chaos so um, the idea this again ties in perfectly with the cosmognosis yeah so, so life so, yeah. exactly so life was already there so nobody there wasn't any kind of transcend there was no mental transcendental um, uh, non-being which wanted to know itself and uh, you know commanded itself into being or something like this mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but there was uh, chaos which is basically um, a life in an undifferentiated state. And mm-hmm. um, the way the cosmos came into being actually was by chance. This is really interesting because um, specifically um, uh, Musalam said the uh, Adonis transmission teaches that um, in chaos, of course, the sexual, the sexual um, organs or whatever you want to call it, were still already present male, female, and they mm-hmm. um, randomly met uh, and, um, in fer- and basically fertilized chaos, and um, after a period of time, which they call the first aeon, um, chaos gave birth to um, time and space. Which right. uh, they called under the they have god names for that, um, mm-hmm. Belos and Biltis. Uh, yeah, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah. So it's actually a Baal's cult as well. So it's actually Baal. Oh really? So um, yeah, sure, Belos. Yeah, so yeah, um, yeah. so basically, uh, so and then these these two. So then the cosmos. is so the first time the cosmos. The cosmos then structured into um, polarities, right? There has to be a mm-hmm. male and a female um, uh, gods. Even in in other than they say. Um, A god without a goddess or a goddess without a god, basically, um, if there are no polarities um, to uh, basically um, uh, balance each other, um, there is no god. So the God is not Belos or Biltis, but the God, the true God is Belos and Biltus conjoined. Same right. as later when Adonis is born um, by those two, um, mm-hmm. there's Adonis and Dido, which then are also lovers. And um, mm. however, Adonis and Dido only conjoined are the most powerful couple. Uh, yeah. Or the most powerful God. So they, they would lack something if they wouldn't have the other. And this comes into play then. So basically what you have is a, a cosmos that is being born rather than created. Then there is the idea of aeons. So basically the world will go through various phases. Like, the right. you know, first this couple is being born, time and space. Then there's Adonis and Dido. Then there's mm. the rule of, of the usurper. Um, and then, however, there's the rule of Adonis and Dido again. Until then, the world is actually reabsorbed into chaos. Mm-hmm. so then basically, the world ends, and then everything um is starts being again. exactly and mm-hmm. uh actually starts again in a different way so you have the eternal right. return of the same but in different form right so basically every everything gets recycled and there will be new gods and new um situations um and this is really interesting so um you have nothing of some of a transcendental um daddy uh who uh rules uh, uh, uh what happens um in the universe, but yeah. you have actually fate that rules everything. Mm-hmm. So fate, mm-hmm. even the gods, nothing evades fate. And um, so it's basically, in my opinion, a type of life philosophy um, that uh, took some type of esoteric um, life of its own. Um, and uh, it has some Nietzsche, some this and that. And however, the big, the big thing about it, it tries to explain world history as the battle um, in heaven, the battle between forces that happen, um, then of course, in the individual, because um, Adonis, uh, the one who then actually makes, uh, you know, basically materializes the world further, so that then humans and the material world is actually, the corporeal world is actually um, uh, existing. Um, that uh, basically the entire world um, is basically uh, uh, the result of the struggle between Adonis and Dido um, and the jealous. Unbalanced because he has no spouse, unbalanced usurper who takes over and tries to make the world his own. And he does Mm -hmm. this by falsifying um, the true events that took place, the true nature of the world he falsifies. So he creates false prophets and uh, has them create a false transcendental religion where he himself is the supreme source that brings uh, things into being. And he uh, weaves the web of uh, deceit and conscious, uh, basically rational consciousness, which then alienates us from the cosmos and from life itself and from Adonis, who is the... Um, you know, it has to do with the passions and um, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: so mm-hmm. the world that Adonis and Dido has created is basically a world of bliss. And uh, the world was, the world came into being as a result of their lovemaking. Um, the gods fell in love, and um, their uh, love making, or um, sometimes they say, well, it's, it, it was like a, 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 the, the present of the groom to the uh, to the to the bride mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to celebrate their passion and their love and their lust mm-hmm. for each other, um, mm-hmm. and that is why um, um, Muslim said the only real um, worship of the gods is a sexual act because the sexual right. act and the genitals are basically
0: Recreate. the signs of the gods. Yeah, in yeah, mm-hmm. the signs of the gods and it's not actually procreation we're talking about but literally no no, no but recreates the situation that we find it recreates the situation in. exactly right. so
1: basically um, the, the, the passionate lovemaking between um, people and he and, and and they actually extends this also to um, homosexual people and um, mm-hmm. you know it doesn't necessarily This also a very it was very radical um, no, and they sure. they, oh, they sure. had a lot of radical um, uh, demands for reforms about uh, freedom of women and so forth all reflecting that um, uh, that that anarchistic freedom and love a passionate state
0: of yeah. existence, which reflects the primordial life, which created also a lot of problems to them in the in 1930s in Germany, of course. Exactly, and right. especially yeah.
1: Vienna. Uh, yeah. There was, yeah. a, in the, you know, that the Muslim had his um, lodge, his uh, Hikata, yeah. was it called yeah. in Vienna, him. and he was mm-hmm. basically uh, persecuted there because they thought he was kind of like in, you know, throwing orgies and selling like uh, <laughs> aphrodisiaca, you know, to make exactly. people have more fun at the orgies. You know? exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so, so yeah. So basically, it's a it's a, it's a very, it's a very interesting and um, ecstatic form of. Uh, uh, um, uh of, of Gnostic teachings, which teach the struggle of the soul of the passions of, uh, the primordial human, um, who is an ecstatic, uh, mm-hmm. being rather than a rational type of, um, you know, logocentric type against the forces that keep him so, um, in bondage. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. and that's, and, that's
1: yeah. and, and the way it's done is very beautiful and it's very powerful. So, sure. um,
0: yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, that brings us to, to the last question already. Um, will your book on adonism contain your own work and research or present an overview over general adonism?
1: Well, it, I think it, it does both in a sense. Um, basically, um, I'm never the type of person who just writes a book that wants to summarize somebody else's work. Um, but uh, as I said also, um, what they did is the, the actual, in the writings of those, of those um, old adonists, there's not so much actually written about specifically Ardenism. So there is, of course, some things that are specifically Ardenist, like the cosmology and so forth. Mm -hmm. But they have taken, like a lot of these people, um, the Fraternist Sertoni as well, they have taken um, all the en vogue magical teachings of the time um, and then kind of just Ardenized them in the sense that they kind of like just, you know, changed a few things and kind of like said, oh, well, you know, Abra for example, you just changed, you know, those few things. And then, you know, it's it's basically an Ardenist operation and so Mm forth. You know mm-hmm. So they've, they've spent a lot of time um, basically republishing all types of um, grimoires and uh, this kind of stuff uh, um, by basically just giving them an Addenist veneer. So my work will basically be um, a deep investigation um, of Ardenist principles and how they can be used. Um, it's basically a development of Ardenism as right. what you just uh, said before, as a, as, a, as, a ma- as a powerful magical tool of self-transformation mm-hmm. and um, spiritual warfare. Right. So um, basically, so, but however, this is firmly based on um, Ardenist teachings of Muslim and Quintra. So for, it's firmly based on the cosmology. So you will learn, of course, um, the basic principles that are unique to Ardenism, uh, but you will actually see then how they're employed um, when they have gone through my school of thought.
0: Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
1: So basically I present the cosmic gnosis in Ardenist closing, but not not in a, in, a, in a way that they would be in any way conflicting or, or twisting them or turning them around right because Ardonism is essentially the cosmic gnosis, in other words, and using um, just some different uh, terminology and um, concepts mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so I will mm-hmm. actually um, basically i will I would teach Ardenism, but you will see its close relation to the cosmic gnosis I'm sure right. for those who know about the cosmic gnosis yeah
0: right any news on on the date already for the book.
1: Not really, because we also have to, the the Corona um, situation is um, uh, playing a little tricks on us because we don't really know when all the uh, factories will work again with the printing and the binding Mm -hmm, and so on and so forth. mm -hmm, So there are mm -hmm. some issues there. Um, Also, I was um, very, very tied up uh, with uh, some things here. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I couldn't actually um, work uh, in the last uh, six weeks because I was um, homebound. uh, Yeah my hands were tied but it's things are working again and it's not much to do it's not much left to do so i would say june july
0: good well we'll let our people know here so yes. just make sure you let me know and i will let them sure. know of course for sure great well david um that was the questions we had well yeah thank you so much i think it was a couple of really interesting questions and thank you for that your great cool. answers
1: well,
0: and I hope
1: something came uh, came out of
0: it <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure people will enjoy thank you for doing this and i oh, hope uh, as you said people enjoyed i'm sure they enjoyed that and i hope they enjoyed the idea and um, we'll see we'll see how things in the podcast will also be taken further with 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 new ideas in that sense thank you so much for being part of it
1: well thank you i love uh, your podcast of course you know and uh, yeah thank keep you. up the good work um, i'm thank looking you.
0: forward to what the future brings great well speak soon then for sure Bye-bye. bye bye bye